God is so good. We've seen his blessing, we've seen his faithfulness, we've seen his provision, we've seen God make a way. Amen? Amen? Let's celebrate the goodness of God. In every single way, in every area we look, we've seen God's blessing. And again, if you're new here today or you're watching for the first time, we want to say welcome, welcome to Mosaic Life. If Mosaic Life is your home, then welcome home. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, today, we are going to continue on with our message series, and I hope you've enjoyed every single part of it. Um, I hope you've in, in, enjoyed the word and allowed it to marinate and speak into your life. Um, we have a central passage today. And our central passage is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verses 26 through 29. And it says this, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Come on, somebody. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. See, I, I, I don't boast in, in what God has done. I give him glory. I don't boast in what I've done. Does that make sense? This is a passage from the Apostle Paul, and it fits everything for where we're going and looking into the life of Peter. And to begin, I want to say this. I want to say this. There, there was a time, a moment in my life that I believe has become a marker in my life a moment that I have never forgotten from that moment to this moment, a moment that when I think about you, when I pray for you, when I love you, when I serve you, I'm reminded by this moment. You see, as a young adult, I, 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 I had a sin, I had a struggle, something that Every time I thought I was done with it and I'd come before God and I'd say, God, would you please forgive me for this? I don't want to do this anymore. And, and my spirit was growing stronger, but my flesh was weak. And I'd fall back into that same area again. And, 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 and I didn't want to do it. And then it would happen again. And I didn't want to do it. And, and I just wanted to get right with God. And I remember calling out to God and crying out to God and saying, God, I just don't want this anymore. But I, at the same time, I was saying, God, would you be patient with me because I'm going to figure it out one way or another, God. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to get past this. And I remember that season and I remember the presence of God. I remember God just reminded me and he said, listen, son, I forgive you. Get back up. And it was like every time I fell, he was like, son, I forgive you, but get back up. Get back up. Because here's what happens, and this is almost a small piece of, of everything larger of what I want to share with you today is, is simply this. Sometimes there are seasons of our life where we recognize, we understand the gospel message, I'm forgiven. But it doesn't mean our confidence is where it should be. We still feel insecure about it. We're still dealing with it at some type of place mentally. Yes, I know God forgives me, but I'm still dealing with it in some way or another. I don't feel right in one way or another, and I'm trying to overcome this. You see, one of the things that I love about looking into the life of Peter is that we see that God is not done in us. 
See, God doesn't just show up one time in our life and say, well, hey, that's great. Well, you figure it out now. Here, I, I was there. I did it. I blessed you. I saved you now. Now go figure it out. No, God walks with us. He walks. He grabs us hand by hand and, and sees us through the difficult moments of life. Listen, God is good. Amen? Amen. By this point... And we're, today we're going to get into part four of this message. You know, we've seen a little bit of the life of Peter already. You know, we, we, we saw when Jesus first approached him and he said, and he said listen, Peter, I, I'm going to change your name. Or listen, Simon, I'm going to change your name. And then Jesus finds him on, on the fishing boat and says, come, come follow me. And Peter drops his nets and he follows right after Jesus. And, and he doesn't look back. Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. And then after a busy day of ministry and serving with Jesus and all the disciples there and they, they watched Jesus feed 5,000 people with a couple of loaves and, and, and a couple of fish and, and it was this great miracle and they were exhausted and I tried to think and put myself in his position, how overwhelming would that be? And at the end of that day, Jesus says, listen guys, get into the boat, go across to the other side, I'll dismiss the crowds. They get in the boat, they end up going into a storm, Jesus dismisses the crowds, he goes up to pray, by the time he finishes praying, it's the, it's the middle of the night, the early hours of the morning, and it's still dark, and Jesus begins to walk on water, and he shows up right in front of them. They think it's a ghost. They're freaked out a little bit. Then Jesus says, it's just, it's me. And then Peter, and I love his bold faith and something that God wants to do in each and every one of us. He says, Jesus, if it's really you, call me to come to you. And sure enough, Jesus says, come on, Peter. Get out of that boat and come towards me. And Peter begins to walk on water. It's a wonderful thing. It's a powerful moment of our faith. But as soon as Peter sees the wind, he begins to sink. And in that moment, he does what each of us need to do. He calls on Jesus to save him. See, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of trials, in the midst of life, will you call on Jesus to save you? And then last week with Pastor Cheeto, he brought a word and we got into the more of the life of Peter and we looked at how Peter, how he loved the Lord, but what he did was he denied Jesus three times. He had the opportunity to say, yes, I'm with Jesus. And three times he says, I don't know that guy. I don't know that guy. Today we continue on with our message series and we look at a public moment between Jesus and Peter between Jesus and Peter. And we can see it right here, right here in the book of John chapter 21 and verse 15 through 17. Before we do that, I wanna give you a little picture of what's happening here. See, Jesus has been arrested. Jesus has been crucified. Jesus has rose already on the third day. Jesus has met with his disciples, but now he wants to meet with them in a different way. Jesus is standing on the beach. He's cooking them a fish breakfast. They're on the boat and they're coming up to shore. I have a couple of pictures I wanna show you really quick. Would you check out these pictures? I have right here. And so this would have been Jesus on the shore cooking the breakfast. They would have came back. Somebody drew a painting of it. I want to give you a visual of what's happening here, okay? This is in John chapter 1. We're going to read it right now. Let's click the next picture. And then this would have been there. He would have maybe cooked a little fish. They would have done that. He would have been talking to them all. And, and then the last picture here, last picture I want to show you. This is in the midst of they have the breakfast. They're talking with disciples. And Jesus turns 
to Peter, okay? Jesus turns to Peter. Now, John chapter one, verses 15 through 17, it says this. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. You see, they're all here at breakfast. And Jesus turns to Peter and begins with all of this, do you love me stuff? And it's not like, you're, you know, your spouse, your significant other say, hey, baby, do you love me? You know, trying to whisper in your ear or something like that. And you're thinking, hey, yeah, I love you too. Or thinking like, hey, what do you want? Or it, it's, it's not that moment. See, this is a moment between Jesus uh, and, 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 and Peter. And in front of everybody, in front of everybody, Jesus says, hey, do you love me? Do you love me? I want you to imagine this for a moment. Imagine what, what that would have been like. Now, I want you to keep in mind that Peter had denied Jesus three times. See, Peter would have known the words of Jesus. Jesus said, listen, if, 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 if you, if, if you, if, if you, um, if you acknowledge me before others, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. If you deny me before others, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. See, Peter knows these words. Peter would have felt the weight of this. Sometimes the, the denial is vocal and we'll say, you know what, I'm not a Christian. I don't follow Jesus. I don't believe in God. I don't go to church. And then sometimes it's that sin that you're messing with that you know you shouldn't be messing with. And in that, you're, you're, you're denying God, denying his forgiveness, denying his love, denying who he is. You see, in this moment, Jesus asks Peter three times to reaffirm his love. Peter doesn't like being asked three times. I don't know how many of you like to be asked three times. Do you love me? Okay, yeah. Do you love me? Yeah. Do you, do you love me? If I ask my kids three times anything, it's like they get all emotional all the time. Daddy, it's cuz. But can you imagine this moment? I'm gonna dive into it a little bit deeper in verse 15. In verse 15, it says this. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, you see, the last time that Jesus calls him Simon, son of John, is the very first time that they met. And he says, Simon, son of John, your name will no longer be, or, or you will now be called or referred to as Cephas, Peter, which means rock. So Peter, in his heart, the disciples that are standing around, they know that Jesus is trying to get his attention because the last time he said it, he changed his name. So if you're calling me Simon, son of John, the disciples must have been all paying attention. And, and, and Peter's like, what? Okay, and then Jesus says this, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? A lot of theologians have debated what Jesus meant by this question. You know, they had just came off the boat. They had just came from, 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 from fishing and, and eating fish. 
Was Jesus talking about his fishing career? Was Jesus saying, you know what, uh, Peter, do you, do you regret following me? Do you remember that day that I called you? Do you wish that you were doing that, that thing that you were doing before and you were making all that money? Do you, do you wish you were doing that? Do you love, do, do you, would you rather do that than, than love me and serve me? Would you rather be doing that kind of work versus this kind of work? Or something, you know what, maybe Jesus meant, do you love me more than, than these brothers or sisters? Peter had spent all the time with the disciples. He had went everywhere with them, right? He had, they, had, they had woken up and had breakfast together and had meals together. They watched Jesus do miracles together. Every, every time that, that Jesus prayed and the disciples would fall asleep, they did it together. They, they had a front row seat to everything. They had a bond. Is it possible that Peter maybe loved them more than he loved Jesus? See, I don't think it was either of those. What I believe Jesus meant by this question is, do you love me as you claimed to love me more than these disciples love me? And it wasn't about comparing, oh, how much does Peter love me versus Bartholomew loves me or Andrew loves me. It wasn't about that. It wasn't even to get Peter to answer the question in the moment in front of everybody. It was simply because Peter had claimed, Peter had boasted his love for Jesus on several occasions. You see, in John chapter 13 and verse 37, Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. I'll die for you, Jesus. I'll die for you. Whatever it is, I got your back. I'll die for you. Anything you need, I got it. Can you connect with that feeling? Maybe you felt that way towards a loved one. Maybe you felt that way towards a child. You'll do anything for them. And Peter expresses his love for Jesus both publicly and directly. He expresses his love. In Matthew 26 and verse 33, Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Even if they take off, even if they run for the hills, even if Jesus, they think you're too much, or they, it's just too overwhelming, Jesus, I won't desert you. If everyone else leaves you, Jesus, I'll never leave you. Peter boasted about his love for Jesus. No matter what, I got you. I'll die for you. If everyone leaves, I'll never leave you. Jesus, Jesus heard. He took in the words of Peter as he publicly said to him. Peter had publicly declared his love for Jesus. And Jesus knows, knows all of this. But let me let you in on something of what God spoke to me in preparing this message. See, Jesus wants to make sure that even what you said and you declared is not gonna sneak up on you later. I'm gonna explain that. Peter had publicly declared his love for Jesus. When the time came for, G for Peter to say, hey, do you, do, do you follow Jesus? He said, no, I don't know that guy. Was he forgiven of the, his sin? Absolutely. But in that, sometimes right here, you lose a certain self-confidence. And that's exactly what the devil wants to use in your life to beat you up. There was something still in the dark that the enemy would have the power to use against Peter later. Have you felt like you've dealt with an issue, but it seems like it hasn't gone away? Ever, has that ever happened to you? 
So what does Jesus do? Recognizing all of this in Peter's life, what is Jesus really doing? I'll tell you what he's doing. Jesus is publicly restoring and recommissioning Peter. I'm gonna say that again. Jesus is publicly restoring and recommissioning Peter. You see, Jesus is bringing to light and healing Peter in front of everyone. Have you ever had a bad falling out with someone? Maybe the relationship's been hurt or broken. It was just drama. It was just bad. And in the moment, you could never see how it would ever be good again. Three times, Peter was asked if he was associated with Jesus. And three times, he said, I don't know who that guy is. You see, in each of those moments, Jesus wasn't physically present. Jesus wasn't standing next to Peter and, 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 and Peter said, hey, I don't know him. I don't, I don't know this guy. Jesus wasn't physically present in those moments. But Peter knows now what we sometimes forget. You see, in verse 17b, it says, Peter says, Lord, you know everything. And I think sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we, we miss that part. Jesus sees what happens in the dark. You can't hide it from him. You can't pretend that he didn't see it or he doesn't know or it didn't happen or it was too long ago. But he sees those things. In Hebrews chapter four and verse 13, it says this, and no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. God sees and God knows. But the good news is that God is for us. Brothers and sisters, that's what I wanna to communicate to you today, is that God sees your pain, God sees your sin, God sees the mistake, but God is for you. God is for you. Would you just say that out loud with me? God is for me. Would you just say it one more time? God is for me. If you're at home, just yell it out. Get excited about that. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 20, it says this, for whenever our heart condemns us, right here, it says this, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Whenever this area is causing you to feel like you're not worthy and you're struggling and you're dealing with it, God wants to work it out in your life. God wants to restore you in those areas. Jesus knows that Satan is ready to use your shortcomings against you. If, 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 if Jesus didn't expose Peter and bring this to light, later Peter would have struggled with this and it would have went through his head and went through his head. I know that I'm forgiven. I know that I'm forgiven, but, but I still denied him three times. So Jesus puts Peter in position he says, I'm publicly going to restore you. I'm publicly going to recommission you. Why publicly? Why? Why did Jesus do this publicly? Because private sin, private restoration. Public sin, public restoration. See, what Peter did, Peter didn't do it in the dark. He did it out front. I don't know Jesus. I don't walk with him. I'm not a Christian. I'm not a Christ follower. He did it publicly. So Jesus restores him publicly. Jesus restores him publicly. But even before this, there's a good chance that Jesus and Peter had already dealt with the sin. You know, one of the first people that Jesus reveals himself to after he resurrects is Simon Peter. 
he reveals himself in Luke chapter 24 and 34 and in 1 Corinthians 15, 5. It says this, saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Who's that? Simon Peter. And then in the, and then the other passage, uh, and, and that he appeared to Cephas. Who's Cephas, right? We know Cephas is Peter. Then to the 12, most likely the sin had already been dealt with. But sometimes even after that, our confidence isn't there yet. And we know we're forgiven but we don't believe in ourselves. And Jesus sets this moment up publicly. You see, this event was about restoring and recommissioning Peter publicly. And I want to tell you this here today. Because maybe you need to know. Maybe you need to know. And we look at the life of Peter and we see what happens. But maybe you're here with us today. Or maybe you're watching online and you need to know. You need to trust that God has forgiven you. See, what is it that nobody knows about? What is it that maybe everybody knows about? But what is that sin that you've dealt with? What is that area that you haven't stood up against? What is it that moment that you haven't stood for Jesus, but you need to know that he forgives you? You have to know that. And secondly, as part of that, I want you to get this. I want you to know that he says the words to you today, get back up, get back up. Because he wants to restore you. Not only is it okay, but it is what he is calling you to do. It's what God has made a way for you, just for you. See, he forgives you, he loves you, but he also believes in you. I want you to get that. I want you to see that. And it isn't, you know, just if maybe you're hearing the gospel message for the first time, but I'm also talking to the believer. I'm talking to the person that's walked with God and you've journeyed with him and you've been with him for a long time. Whatever the season has been like. And you love God, but for whatever reason it's happened, it's there, it's in front of you, you've struggled with it. And I want to tell you today, you get the idea that he forgives you, but it's time to get back up into the things that God has for you. It's time to get back up into what God has been trying to do in your life for so long. There have been times in my own walk with God where I've done something, done something wrong, and I've allowed the enemy to use it to beat me up mentally. And just in my mind, I've struggled. In my mind, I've thought, man, how? Why? And the enemy just comes in and he takes that thought and just crashes waves over, crashes waves so you don't feel good about yourself. You don't want to get up. You don't like what you see in the mirror. You don't feel confident. You're struggling just mentally. And you're trying to step into that, but God forgives me and that's not me. And I'm walking into the, the newness of Christ Jesus. And I thank God for my wife so many times where she's helped me to refocus and see the blessing, the goodness of God. And I tell you here, I stand with you here today and tell you God is good. He is good. He is faithful. I've seen his blessing. I've seen his provision. I've seen his healing. I've seen God open the door when it was shut everywhere else. I've seen God do the miracle when it seemed humanly impossible. There is no way. And then God does it. God does it. Jesus prepares this moment for Peter. 
but he also prepares it for each of you. Imagine you yourself. You're sitting there on the beach. Jesus has just made you barbecue fish for breakfast. Disciples are hanging out. It's you and Jesus. And then he turns to you and says, do you love me? You know back here everything that you've done wrong and all the mistakes and all the denials and all the sins, all that. But here, here is your moment. And it's you and Jesus. And he says, do you love me? How will you respond? What will you say? What you need to be confident of and sure of is that yes, you're forgiven, but God's calling you to step back in. See, the sin had already been dealt with. Your sin is dealt with. Jesus forgives you. And now it's time to step in to what God has for you. Don't allow the enemy to hurt you, to hinder you, to hold you back. Step into what God has. Step in. Trust him. So much of the life of Peter, we see the same thing over and over. He wants, God, God wants to work in his life. He asked Peter, do you love me? And Peter responds, yes, I love you. And then Jesus tells him, feed my lands, shepherd my sheep, and feed my sheep. You know, I used to read this and think, man, every pastor has got to hear this. Every pastor has got to read. If you feel a calling to be a pastor in your life, you, got, you must read this passage. But the truth is, that is for the pastor, but it's also for every believer. This is for the church. The truth is, you're going to make mistakes. Your mistakes will feel like you're denying Jesus. They'll be like a great weight on you. But if you'll bring them to his feet, not only will you be forgiven, but he'll restore you. He'll restore you. And God wants to restore you and recommission you. He knows that the sin and the hurt has held you back. And he wants you back in the game. Because you've been forgiven, but the truth is you've been on the sidelines for a long time. I shared this in the beginning, but I'll say it again. As a young adult, I kept falling back into the same sin, struggling with the same thing. My spirit just wanted to honor God. I wanted to do the right thing, but my flesh became weak in that particular area. And again, I remember crying out to God, just saying, God, I knew I was forgiven, but I just felt so unworthy to step back into that. And God had to remind me, son, get back up. Get back up. I, I, I forgive you. I, I forgive you. Get back up. Get back up. This is the challenge I want to leave you with today. Listen, God wants to do something wonderful in your life. Here it is right here. Ask yourself these two questions and then do these two things. What promise of God have you put away? What promise of God? Think and reflect on that. What promise of God have you put away? Secondly, what call of God have you put away? What's that area where you know that God is wanting you to step into, but it just, it just, you, you just put it away? And these are the two things that I'd like you to do. Open your heart and mind to what God wants to do in your life.
open your heart and your mind. If your heart is closed, if your mind is closed, you're not gonna see it happen in your life. Open your heart and mind, and then this, take action, pray, and say these words. What, uh, God, what you want is what I want in my life. God, I want what you want in my life. Say those words. Declare it, speak it out, release it, and allow God to work in your life. Amen? Let me pray for each and every one of you. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, that we can look into the life of Peter and see what you've done. God, you are so worthy of, of all the praise, of all the honor, of all the glory. And God, there are moments in our lives, God, that have really shaken us. And we know that we're forgiven, but it still shook us, Lord. And we're struggling, Lord, to, to get back in, to get back out, to just step out. But I would pray, God, just as you worked in Peter, that this is our moment now where you're saying, my child, get back up. Step into the things. Trust me, I got you. That no longer defines you. Get, get up. So, Father, I pray your blessing over everyone today. God, would we see you for who you are, our Savior, our God, our King, our Master, our Creator, our Heavenly Father. Father, I pray for healing over your church. I pray, God, that you would refresh us, God. I pray, God, that you would strengthen us, Lord. I pray, God, that you would prepare our hearts and minds for the things you have. And so today, God, we declare that we want what you want for us. Nothing short, nothing less. Would you do a great work in us? We love you, Heavenly Father. In the mighty and precious name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.